If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John chapter 3, and we'll be reading verses 4 through 8. 1 John chapter 3, uh, verses 4 through 8. And when you get there, say amen. Praise God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 says this, that whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not, whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteous, righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. This is what I want to focus on today. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. I want to read that again. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Today I want to preach a message simply entitled, The God Who Showed Up. The God who, who showed up. And I definitely want to enlist the aid of the Holy Spirit in preaching this message and that His will would be accomplished, it would be done in this service. I believe that that is His will, is that He wants to manifest Himself. He wants to show up in our lives to destroy the works of the devil. Let us pray today. Father, we just thank You and we bless You. Oh God, we worship you, we exalt you, we lift you up, we, we just magnify, we thank you for your presence that is here today. And I pray, oh God, use me only as you can, fill my mouth with your words, that it might compel souls unto repentance and unto the cross, that they might be saved and born again, even in this season. God, we implore you, Lord Jesus, may your presence be manifested in this place in such a way that the enemy can no longer operate in our midst and that your glory can fully be shown and displayed amongst us that people might walk in your liberty and walk, oh God, in your power. Father, we right now implore you, we enlist your aid even now to bring about signs and wonders and miracles in our midst. Oh God, that people might know that you are the only true living God, that there is not a God formed beside you, neither is there a God after you, that you alone are the sovereign God and that there is nothing that is too hard for you, that your word says that what shall we say to these things if God before us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall with him also freely give us all things? And we pray, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, that your glory, your presence will be manifested in here. We call on you right now, Emmanuel, God with us. In the name of Jesus, we give you the praise and the honor and all the glory. And in Jesus' name, let the church of the living God say amen. You may be seated. What is very interesting about the nation of Israel is that throughout its history, it is the only nation to have a God, to have a deity that cannot be seen. All other cultures, whenever they depict or they, or should say they have a, a God or a deity or something that they worship, 
there is always some sort of depiction or image that is created as to show what that God or what that deity looks like. Some sort of idol, some sort of statue, some apparatus that gives us an idea to the nature and the character and the attributes of this particular God. But the nation of Israel was different in that it had a God that you couldn't see. It had a God that did not have an image and that even forbade its people to construct any type of image resembling anything or any type of likeness. We see in Psalm 135 verse 15 that the idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouths. They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusteth in them. And the reason why is that because every nation had a God that they could see because every nation wanted to have some sort of self-image. The reason why that, we, that people worship idols or that, that we have fanboys or people who, who pursue after a particular hero or superhero or artist or actor is because they're trying to find something or, uh, that brings about a self-image. And by deriving self-image, you can then derive identity. And then from identity, you can derive behavior and action. And every nation around the nation of Israel had an idol from which they could relate to or that they could construct, whether it was Dagon, which resembled a fish, or Molech that had the head of a bull or of a goat. It didn't matter. They had some type of image with which they could relate to that they could see. But the nation of Israel had a God that they could not see. And a matter of fact, the nation of Israel was so envious and so jealous of all the other nations that they desired to have a God that they could see. In Exodus chapter 32 verse 1, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. Now notice this, that the nation of Israel, they are uh, alone because Moses has now left the scene. He has gone unto the mountain to have to to get the commandments from God. And while he is away, the nation of Israel begins to lust and desire and envy for them to have a God that they can see. They continue to lust and to desire. We want a God that we can see. A God that's like us. A God that resembles us. A God that has some sort of form, some sort of frame, something that is physical, something that is tangible, something that I can contact and interact with. Yet the irony is that even though they desired to have a God that they could see, whenever God did show himself, they had the opposite reaction in that they were terrified and mortified. Exodus chapter 20 verse 18. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. So here we have a nation that's seeking for a God that they can see. And throughout the history of the nation of Israel, God manifests himself in many different forms to show him that he is real. But when he does, the nation of Israel says, oh, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Because often the things that God, when he manifests himself, is something that is terrifying. It's not a bull. It's not a goat. It's something so amazing and so indescribable that it invokes terror and fear. Now, here's the thing that I want you guys to understand about this God that we don't see, that God has a problem because God can't show himself to everyone. And the reason why he can't show himself to everyone is because if he does, they die. I want to talk about having an intimacy problem. Imagine that every time that you opened up to someone and showed them who you really are, they died. Doesn't, that doesn't really make you very social, does it? 
You don't have too many friends in your circle of influence. When everyone that you see, that you come in contact, show who you really are, they die. And they don't die. No, whenever we talk about you know, showing our real selves, it's always we're trying to hide something that's embarrassing or something that's shameful or something that's hideous or repulsive. But God had the opposite problem. God is so amazing. God is so good. And God is so glorious and so holy that when people see him, they literally die from his goodness being overwhelming. Hello? Ah! He's too good! Because when God manifests himself, people have very bizarre reactions. Like the children of Israel, they tremble and say, I don't, I don't want to see that. Why? Because this type of God instills some type of reverence and respect that dictated a change in action. Well, all the other gods like Moloch and Baal, all they did was placate the lusts and the desires of the individuals that worshiped them. But this God, whenever he manifests and shows himself, demands a separation, demands a sanctification, demands a holiness that must be revered and respected. I want you to keep that thought in mind that when God reveals himself and manifests himself, it elicits a response that can vary from being terrified to being awed. And this is exactly what we see in the Christmas account that when Jesus came to the world and when he was manifested, that whenever he showed up, whenever he walked amongst the people of Israel, he got very different reactions. When Jesus was born and Mary took Jesus to the temple to be dedicated, to be circumcised, there was a man there by the name of Simeon. And he began to prophesy about this particular Savior. Luke chapter 2 verse 34. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I want you to pay a close attention here that when Jesus came to earth, that when he was manifested, the main reaction was the thoughts and the intents of people's hearts were revealed. And that when that starts to happen, you have some very bizarre responses. Some people, they are humbled by having what is inside of their heart being revealed because what's inside of our hearts, as the scripture says in Jeremiah 17 verse 9, is despicable and deceitful. It is deplorable. It is wicked, desperately wicked when we see what is inside of the heart of man. While others, instead of having humility and showing repentance and showing conviction, instead became defensive and arrogant. And that is exactly what happens when the word of God is preached, when God's word is manifested, when God's word is clearly taught and clearly spoken, is that it reveals the thoughts and the intents of the heart. They have strange reactions. Whenever this God came to manifest himself. What we have here, I'd like to tell you a little analogy here. There was a man who was inspecting a house he wanted to buy. And when he went to the house, it was run down. It was a fixer-upper. He, he opened the door and the, the curtains and the, 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 the shutters were closed. It was very dark. And it was run down. It was very shabby looking. And when he, he turned on the light inside of this broken down house... Uh, he, was, he was a bit amazed by what he saw. And it wasn't necessarily the, the furniture that was old and stained and tattered or the walls that had cracked in it, uh, cracks in it. But what amazed him was the rapid movement that he saw amongst the walls and the floors. 
cockroaches. Lots of them. As they scurried and scampered and scattered all over the room trying to hide inside of the crevices of this house. The thing is this man really loved this house even though it was in such a dilapidated state. And he said, I'm going to purchase this house. However, I cannot live in this house until these cockroaches are removed. And that is exactly what Jesus came to do. Turn with me to my main text here in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. That there were two reasons why we celebrate Christmas as to why Jesus came. Jesus came to live inside of a house. But this house was run down and dilapidated. And it had an infestation of these little creatures called cockroaches. What we call sins or we can even call devils. And the Bible says that in 1 John 3, 4, that Jesus was manifested, that whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. We know that part, that Jesus Christ came to take away our sins. The house was dilapidated. The house was filthy. It was ruined. It was like a cesspool. He came to wash away this house so that he could inhabit and live inside of it. Verse 6 says, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. I want you to understand something here. That before Jesus could take away your sin, he had to remove the obstacles that were standing in between you and salvation those obstacles were the works of the devil there were cockroaches that were infested inside of my life inside of my house and what's very interesting here about cockroaches is that whenever there's a manifestation or a light is illuminated the cockroaches run away and when Jesus, who is the light of the world, came into the world the cockroaches began to shake and to quiver and began to scatter we find in Mark chapter 3 verse 9 and he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude lest they should, should throng him for it healed many insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him as many as had plagues and unclean spirits when they saw him when the light got turned on when the light got, clear, got close to where the cockroaches were the Bible says they fell down before him and cried saying thou art the son of God cockroaches love the dark they love hiding in small, moist, dark crevices in the house. And they look for garbage and other things to feed on. They're nocturnal creatures and they, they like to feed at night. They also, they reproduce very rapidly. And here's the thing, folks. If you ever see a cockroach in the house during the day, you've got a really big problem. Because cockroaches are nocturnal. And if they're coming out in the day, that means there's so many of them that they no longer have a place to hide or they don't have enough food and they're desperate to get food. Isn't that so much like sin? We have so many sins in our lives and we're able to hide it for a little while in the dark. But eventually we have so much stuff, it starts to creep and start to crawl out where people start to see it. Well, you can't hide it anymore. Now, what's very interesting about cockroaches, okay? Cockroaches, they cause all sorts of diseases. They, they're known to cause diseases such as typhoid fever, uh, dysentery, gastrointestinal problems, respiratory problems such as asthma. They're known to cause all sorts of diseases. Their feces, they, they cause allergies in the lungs and the nose. They cause all the, they are, they are deadly. 
Not because of what they do directly, but what they do indirectly. And if you don't get rid of them, they could kill you. They could infest you with all sorts of diseases. But all one we need to do is we need to turn on the light to scatter them. We need to turn on the light. Now, here's the thing about these cockroaches. That they, they're not afraid necessarily of the light itself. Because as I said, they'll come out in daylight if they're desperate enough. What they're afraid of is what accompanies the light. The light is a sign of danger that there's a predator nearby or one of us. They have uh, adapted to living in, amongst humans so much that they understand when a light comes on, there's a boot coming my way. <laughs> there's a shoe or a slipper or a spatula, something is coming my way and I need to get out lickety split. It's time to get out of Dodge. So it's not necessarily just the light, it's what accompanies the light. And I want to tell you something, it's not enough just, just to have a word, just preach and just have light. But there needs to be demonstration in the power that accompanies that word that causes the devil to tremble. I want you to know that Jesus has come not only to take away your sins. That's the end game. But in order before he can do that, he's got to get rid of the cockroaches that are in your heart. Get rid of the cockroaches that are in your life. And you've got to allow him to show up. The God that shows up. He'll cause those cockroaches, uh, cause those demonic imps of depression to scatter. He'll cause the bitterness and the isolation to go. He'll cause the wickedness and the horrors uh, that are in your heart to go. When you turn on the light of Jesus Christ uh, and allow him to show up in your life. The Bible says in John 3, 18. Actually, before I read that, let me take this cockroach thing a little bit further. Because we got cockroaches in here. Very interesting here. Now, I'm going to change the analogy, okay? Because there's another creature that's nocturnal that responds to light. Has a very different response. It's called a moth. When a moth sees a light source, it runs to the light. It heads to the light. A cockroach, though, when it sees the light, it runs the opposite way. Now, the scientists don't fully understand why moths are attracted to lights. But one of their theories is that whenever there's a light source, it means there's a clear path to escape a predator. They look at light sources as places of safety because they head towards the light because there's a clear path. There's no obstructions or hindrances in my way for me to fly and to escape a predator or escape danger. Isn't that interesting? That the same light can cause two very different reactions. Both of them are in the darkness and both of them are in, are in the night. They're both nocturnal. But the light causes two different responses. There are some people, some sinners, that whenever they hear the gospel, the light of Jesus preached, they are convicted and they realize there is a way of escape. And they say, there's no hindrances. I'm going to run to the light. Then you got some cockroach folk who don't want to be discovered, who don't want to know about all the nasty, dirty things they're doing in, in private, so they run away from the light. John chapter 3 verse 18 says this. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light. 
because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds er, er, should be reproved. And that word reproved means convicted, means condemned. They don't want people to know what they're doing in secret. Verse 21, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest are revealed by the light that they are wrought in God when God shows up there will be two reactions you're either going to run toward him or you're going to run away from him I ask you the question today are you a moth or are you a cockroach are you tired of living in darkness and you want a way of escape or are you just going to keep hiding trying to evade the judgment that is to come God wants to show up in this place but he's got to deal with the cockroaches that are in the house We say we want God to show, but when God shows up, there's manifestation and there's a revelation. There are things that are creeping and crawling in your soul right now that God wants to deal with, but we cover up, we veil it. We don't want, we really don't want God to show up. Just like the children of Israel, they say we want a God we can see. But when God shows himself and said, no, we don't want to see that. We don't want to deal with that. And the reason why God showed up because he wants to destroy the works of the devil. He wants to remove all of these cockroaches. He wants to remove everything that is running rampant in your life so that he can take residence inside of you. Before he can really wash away your sins, he's got to remove the things that are blinding us from seeing the light and heading towards him. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 says, for if our gospel be hid it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine into them before we can run to the light we've got to remove the things that are stopping us from seeing the light and so jesus came when he was manifested he went about doing good and healing all manner of sicknesses and diseases he would cast out devils open blind eyes open deaf ears removing the hindrances that would stop us from seeing christ and seeing the goodness of god and that is what god is here to do today that god emmanuel god with us is here to show up to remove to destroy the works of the devil the word there Therefore, destroy. It means to loose. It means to break up, to shatter. When it means the weak word there, the word for works there, it can also mean employment. That God wants to put the devil out of a job. God wants to make, make get, send him his unemployment papers. Give him a pink slip because there should be no place for cockroaches to take residence in my heart or in my life. But in order for that to happen, I need God to show up. I need the Lord to show up. But oftentimes we make provision for the enemy to live inside of our hearts. Do we really want God to show up? Like I said, both the moth and the cockroach, they're both in darkness. Just like there are two types of sinners, they're all in darkness, but one heads to the light while the other avoids it. And that's why people get so angry when the gospel is preached so much because they're being exposed. Because whatever makes manifest, the Bible says, is light. They don't want their heart condition to be, be exposed to show them what they really are. And so they continue to fight against the light. They continue to evade, to run away from the light. But Jesus is not here to put a boot on you. He's not here to condemn you. But he's here instead to rescue you. And that it's imperative that we take a moth-like spirit. Instead, when we see the light, we head towards it instead of running away from it. And by doing that, God is able to destroy the works of the devil in our lives. When we fully yield ourselves and submit ourselves completely unto him and accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is when we are to experience true transformation, true revelation, and true salvation. Our hearts are dark. Our hearts are filthy. 
and they're discussing. The Bible admonishes us in Romans chapter 13 verse 11. And that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness. Not in chambering and wantonness. Not in strife and envying. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We make crevices. We make hiding spots for the cockroaches to reside. But God is here to pull the rock off, to remove the things, open the cracks, and there to be a renovation that's here today. I'm going to close. I told you it wasn't be very long. I'm just, I'm going to pray. And my prayer here today is for there to be manifestation. There to be manifestation of God's love and God's power. I can't do anything. I'm just a man. I can't heal anybody. I can't save anybody. Only the power of the Holy Spirit can. And the thing is, when Jesus would just walk, just minding his own business, the devils would tremble and quake and say, Stop it! Psalm 68 verse 1 says, Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let them that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. That's what is going to happen, I believe, today in this service. Uh, that there is going to be a manifestation of, with the fervency of God's fiery power. The Holy Ghost and power would drive away the cockroaches. The cockroaches that are infested. Let's stand. We need God to show up. Now I want you to understand that God is omnipresent. God is always here. When I talk about the term manifestation, I mean He becomes visible in such a way that we can interact with Him. That God is like the radio frequencies that are in this room. Right now, this room is being bombarded with radio frequencies, FM and AM and also satellite radio frequencies. Frequencies from your cell phone, Wi-Fi, transmissions are in this room. You're completely unaware that they are there until you get on the right channel. And once you get on the right channel, that information is downloaded from the atmosphere and you suddenly have information. You have music, you have the news, you have whatever, a data connection. In the same sense, God is wanting to do, to do that in this place. We need to tune our hearts, our spirit to the broadcast of heaven. Get on the same frequency of his goodness and of his love and re repentance from sin and dead works. And when that occurs, there is manifestation, there is transformation, and there is salvation. God wants to show up in your life to destroy the works of the devil, destroy the works of bitterness, the works of isolation and loneliness, the, the works of wickedness and depravity. God is here. He wants to destroy and sever every connection, every tie, every type of influence that the enemy has in your life. That is the reason why we celebrate this season because this is the season that where there was manifestation, that great is the mystery of God, that God was manifest in the flesh. He came down to not only save us from our sins but to destroy the works of the devil. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to manifest in this place. And I believe as I pray that the cockroaches are going to start fleeing from this place. Whatever infestation you've got that's in your heart, whether it's sickness in your body, whether it's bitterness, whether it's mental uh, issues, whatever it is, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit right now to cause there to be a removal of the infestation. Cockroaches are something you can't play with. Typically, you can't get rid of them. They're very hard to kill. 
very hard to get rid of. You, usually, if you have a cockroach infestation, you have to call a professional. And that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm calling the, 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 the Holy Ghost version of Terminex. Because I can't get rid of these cockroaches on my own. I can't get rid of all of them. And they're all crawling in the crevices of my heart. I need God to do that. I need a professional. And when he does, that is when Emmanuel becomes real and God becomes with us and inside of us. And he takes residence inside of us. I want you right now to just tune your heart, your head towards heaven. Think about the cockroaches. You know, there are some cockroaches you know. There's some you don't. But I want you to right now to ask the Holy Spirit to just do a fumigation process. To, to breathe on you and to smoke those suckers out. Right all over this place, begin to tune your heart to heaven. Tune your mind to heaven. And say, God, when I see the light, I don't want to be like the cockroach and run away. I want to be like a moth and be attracted to the, cro the cross. Be attracted to what you have to say. Right now all over this house, begin to pray in your own way. And turn your hearts towards heaven. Get on the frequency of what God is saying. That he loves you. But you also must change your ways. You must repent from dead works. You must give your life over to God. And completely surrender to him. Wholeheartedly. Unabandoned. Right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I right now invite the power of the Holy Ghost. Emmanuel. God with us. To manifest yourself. That God show yourself strong in this place.